Hello, and welcome to the Geeky Brummy Podcast. Hi, Guy. Hi, Ryan. Hi, Keith. Hello, and all the podcast listeners out there. Yes, George, Dave, and Phil have disappeared somewhere. I think they've gone into a black hole or something. London, was it called? Londinium. Yeah, yeah. big city down south, second city in the country, something like that. Yeah, some place that stuff happens and things. I'm sure they'll be back again. Full of its self-importance. Yes. Did you just burp, Guy? I might, have, I might have burped and then tried to hold it back so it didn't go in your face. That failed miserably then, didn't it? <laughs> Do you know what we're missing this week? What? Sam Pellers. Yes, we are. Instead, I have a lovely bottle of water from the beautiful Polish shop around the corner. Do you know what we could do with is some Sam Pellers in the studio. If anybody who represents <laughs> Sam Pellegrino are listening... If you could supply other, be- other beverage brands are available. But we predominantly want Sampellas. <laughs> Cold, chilled, in a, in a small portable fridge that's got the graphics around the outside. <laughs> so it's a permanent reminder of how brilliant your product is. Instead, I'm going to ask you to pronounce the name that's on this Polish bottle of water. Zyga Drog. Keith, do you want to go? Zwiecki Zrogdy. I'd go with Zwiecki Zrogdy. Just water, isn't it? It's just heavy. I love, I love the way you introduced it as lovely water. I, yes. there's, there's one thing it's that from I... Pilsko, which is a brilliant name for a company. Why, is, it, why is there an expiry date on water? Uh, why is there a picture of a half-naked lady on it? Product remembered, recommended by the Polish Institute of Mothers and Feed Child in Feeding Infants and Young Children, Nursing Mothers and Pregnant Women. Let that, me have a look that, at that. I got to look at this. Picture. <laughs> that, imagine the length of that side of, that side of the building. Do you want to read it out as well? So that water is endu- endorsed by breastfeeding. Yes, that's. Okay. On, read out the title again. See, Keith. this is more of a reason for Sam Pellers to endorse us. This podcast is endorsed by Sam Pellers, or Sam Pellers endorses the Geeky Brummy podcast. Imagine Ryan's face on the can of a side of a can of Sam Pellegrino, or his face photoshopped onto the lemon on the front. <laughs> this this bottle is done. Blood like, orange for me. This bottle's done a few thousand miles. Because <laughs> it's bottled at source in uh, in some place in Poland that's got a J in it and lots of consonants in it, and then it's imported and distributed by somebody else from Brooklyn, New York. <laughs> so like, it's gone from going Poland to New York, back to the back UK, to, back to England. That's that's not good. But, but who is it endorsed by, Keith? It's endorsed by the silver label on the silver. Ah, uh, the, the silver label. The record. The Polish Institute of Mothers, Childs in Feeding Infants and Young Children, Nursing Mothers and Pregnant Women. That's a mouthful. <laughs> What's that abbreviate down to? Um, P I M Pim Chiffa. Yik Brilliant. But I, I, it's, this reminds me of the 1970s, that wonderful kind of... Uh, but water. <laughs> no, but you get it. Before there was wide, wide, widespread refrigeration. and that what, lovely, we, the lovely, we ended up in Highlander 2 or something. <laughs> the lovely taste of warm, room-warmed water. And it's like 26 degrees in here, so that's going to have a lovely, lovely warm it's tang to it. It's got a lovely it. touch of condensation on the outside. Right, taste that water and tell us how you feel about that particular brand of water. Refreshing. (laughs) It's so good, it makes you choke. Tastes nice. (laughs) What's the texture of the water? Water. It's a liquid texture. How much did you pay for the bottle of water? 69 pence. That's not too bad, actually. 69 pence for a litre, one and a half litres of water. That's good, good. Okay, so if you're in a position where you could buy that bottle of water, (coughs) or you could. Where you could buy a bottle of just standard, you know, 500ml water. What would you buy? Would you buy the big bottle or would you buy the small bottle? Big bottle. It's a hot day. You're walking around, you're out and about. I'd go the small. That's, that's a lot of liquid to be carrying around. It's a, it's a good buy, but it's a lot of liquid. But you need to hydrate. 
But you've got Especially to carry, you've got to carry like that, that. that big boy around with you, and that is going to yeah, be... You can't put that in a bag. I'm telling well, you that. You, my you, usual beverage is drink half of it and then start sipping the rest of it. Pour the rest over the top of your head. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I always I'd go for a smaller bottle with, with, with fizz. I like I like a bit of carbonation mm. in my waters. Just to oh. d- it up. D- it up. <laughs> <laughs> Jazz it up. I like, what, I like it. You know, what then is I your can carbonated pretend, beverage of choice? Uh, Iron brew? I'm trying to steer away from overly sugary uh, drinks. I do like I do like a old a classic Coca Cola, you know, a Panda Pops kind of style. Or pan, a Panda Pops would be, like or Panda uh, Frosty, the mm. one that used to be uh, Polar Bear. That was um, that was an I used to the, the strawberry Frosty. Um, that was that was yeah. nice. Guy, if you couldn't have Santa Pellegrinos, what yeah. would be your carbonated beverage of choice? Not Diet Coke, obviously, because I'm a fat lad. <laughs> So this is the thing, only fat people drink diet beverages, I've noticed Guy's gone. I do have a bottle of 7-Up free right now. <laughs> this is the thing. I, I, I drink a lot of diet beverages, but again, I'm a quite hefty gentleman. See, <laughs> but, I drink, I, it's only ever fat people. I drink, I drink full fat coke. Yeah. <laughs> So we're, we're being lied to for the diet beverages industry. And, <laughs> and, while, and whilst drinking that full fat coke, I'm eating a chocolate bar. <laughs> like, you know. in some light crisps or something like that <laughs> no well I do try to stick away stay, steer away from the, the, the sweety um, sweet drinks so I do quite like a fizzy fizzy water yeah I do quite like a fizzy water especially at home make yeah. up my own pops with some cordial <laughs> do you have a soda stream no because that's <laughs> that's just pretend that tastes nasty soda streams are pointless do you know what I miss from my childhood the milk float man who came with Bottles of pop on yeah. the back. But a few weeks you, ago, you we... get your shipment. Mate, that of sounds pop. that sounds dodgy to me. No, you'd get your shipment of pop once a week in glass yeah. bottles. Shipment of pop. It was when if it wasn't the milkman, it was just some other geezer in a van. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, pos- I don't know where you two With free lived. candy written on the side. <laughs> we lived in the urban village, guy. But that's how it used to be when we were children. You'd have the milkman, and they deliver milk, bread, eggs, and pop. Da- and, and the only flavours you had were roller cola and dandelion and burdock, or orange vanilla aid. float. There was orange aid as well. But that didn't ta- that tasted like oranges yes. that had never been oranges. And then the ice cream man would have ninety nine with flake, lemonade flavoured, and cider lollies, and that'd be your choice. You might have a screwball, maybe, maybe with a screwball. Yes. Cider lollies are awesome. Cider lollies are awesome when you're a little kid because you can think that like basically you're drinking even though you're just having an apple flavoured. Ice lolly. And because you're dehydrated and we're getting heat stroke, you'd think you were drunk as you wandered around and fell yeah. off your bike. Yes. Did you have a Riley Chopper? I could see you being on a Riley Chopper. Uh, I could I see did, you a Chopper more than a BMX guy. Yeah, I, I, wasn't a B, I wasn't a big BMXer. I did have a Riley Chopper, which was cool. That was a good one. Probably old school 70s one with the split seat. Who designed that bike with the gear stick between your legs? Some genius. That was like, every, <laughs> you know, that was the biker choice. Although, um, you couldn't really stop very quickly on it though, because then plums would come into contact with that gear stick. That was the I, I, did, I had gone over the hand, handlebars a couple of times. <laughs> but I did quite like that the smaller junior version was called the Tomahawk. Yeah. It's pretty cool. And then there was the Grifter, which was the one I always wanted but never got. What was your bike of choice as a child? I don't know, so I got for Christmas, isn't it? Bike, I was, I was a BMX bike. boy. Down, down the park. Or go down the little woods, drive around on my BMX. I bet you're the kid who always fell off this bike. Pretty much. Uh-huh. Yeah, well, I could do some amazing slides occasionally, though. This was strange. Right? I was walking home from work the other day. I saw a couple of kids on a scooter deliberately jumping off and falling on the floor. And so, what are you doing? It's kind of like you literally want to injure yourself on purpose. Was well, there somebody recording it for YouTube? No, I, I, they didn't live in a very good area, so I imagine they were just trying to end things. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Snobby comment of the week. <laughs> Keith, what have you He's been up to this? Class. <laughs> Keith, what have you been up to this week? It's been a it's been a pretty slow week for me this week. I've been mostly trying to find out ways of trying to how to watch Twin Peaks. Yeah. Uh, whilst not being a Sky Atlantic subscriber, <laughs> although a lot of people are telling me that um, you can get fourteen days free on Now TV. You can if you buy an MTV box, you can get three months free, which you'd be able to get. Oh, your, you could, your you whole could have just sent me a message Peaks. until September. Twin Peaks, it's on, for, it's on for quite a long time. So I if heard. you wait until July, then you could chain it all. Would you like? Yeah. Would you like some some kind of agreement? <laughs> is this the kind of thing we should be just discussing on a public broadcast? <laughs> I, I, you can potentially use my Sky Go if I'm kind enough to let you. I could give you. It's my a family, family account, in and the, you are fam- we are family in this podcast. In the interests of being above board, and while speaking out on on a live podcast, I shall say no. Off air, it may be a completely different situation. <laughs> Having a gentleman's agreement between you two just sounds wrong on so many levels. <laughs> It depends what he's going to ask me to do for it. <laughs> I think it's going to be a can of San Pellas every day, probably. <laughs> wow. So, anything else you've been up to? I mean, the others aren't here this week, so you've got the chance now to impress us with a glamorous week. Because obviously, you know, Phil's always off at his Prosecco events, and George is off at coffee well, events, and Dave is off at the coffee events with I, George. I did go. I did go for a date with my partner uh, in in the Apple Store. What were we waiting to find out what was wrong with her laptop? Like you two stop getting off by the max, please. <laughs> Twice in what in seven days, we went in on, went in on Saturday last week to see if we could just get a random appointment. Couldn't yeah. get one because it's so busy. Because everybody who buys Apple products have no That's idea. That's because they only have one shop in the Midlands. I know, and it's like I I used to love that building when it was Waterstones. It's so yeah. big and there's nothing in it. Yeah. Although they're I did, taking out the staircase, that was the most beautiful know, staircase absolutely. ever. But I did test their Wi-Fi, and their upload speeds is phenomenal. So when I've got like some stuff that my work Wi-Fi doesn't do because it's only like a two meg upload, I'm nipping up to the app store. You can say where we're uploading the show in the future. <laughs> <laughs> it was brilliant. Forty meg upload. It was brilliant. Ooh. Do you know what I like doing in the Apple Store? Is going onto the tablets and loading up a picture of a William and walking up. <laughs> I, I just write by windows on them all. <laughs> and I did. Um, I did walk in there once, and one of the the genius kids walked up to help genius me. Kids. And I, uh, he was like, "Hi, can I help?" And I just stared at him for like at least a good thirty seconds, and then I just walked away. And he just stood there, like absolutely puzzled by what happened. Like I just waited for him to ask me the question. Looked at him, said nothing. Do you, do you walk around with like double bass? music in your head all the time just like really like jaws just (laughs) you're a genius solve this one just looking at him so yeah sorry Uh, so so we you you are getting getting it on in the apple store we didn't we didn't get we didn't get uh we didn't get an appointment this is where it's getting steamy did Uh, you like go log on and check on your facebook for 14 hours which is what everybody else seems to do in the apple store we just went in and and couldn't get an appointment so then went to york's bakery cafe for an an illicit lunch without the kids illicit lunch yeah it's very nice i had uh did you have the shawarma i had shawarma flatbread oh yes with pickled uh cabbage red cabbage i think it was it was very nice, yeah. and some lovely spicy fries. You're looking confused very by nice. the word shawarma. Yeah, I don't know what that means. It's it's kebab, basically. Okay. Yeah, but it's nice. Yeah. But I was good. They don't do the um, fruit smoothies because I've, I've got a thing at the moment for fruity fruity beverages. With, You're not with... going to become a juicer, are you? No. <laughs> Just like every really morning. Expensive. Oh, I've got to get my kale. <laughs> no, no, that, that's uh, kale is that's that's just that's like diet coke for people who. Just haven't got any. No, you don't put kale in nothing. It's, uh, it's, it's a horrible, horrible food. But um, yeah, I like a berry. I like a berry smoothie. Do you like? I'm not a big citrusy drink person. What's, what's your berry of choice? 
Uh, I like a strawberry. Yes. I like a blueberry. Strawberry is not a straw. It's not a berry. Raspberry. It's got it in the name. It's not a berry. It's, it says it's it. It's a magically straw, not a berry. berry. Next thing you'd be telling me, a banana's not a herb. Seeds are on the outside, not a berry. Did that shit you up? <laughs> what about a raspberry then? Raspberry, seeds are on the inside. Are they? They're in the fruit. Whereas a strawberry, the seeds are wrapped around the outside of the fruit. At what point? Do you they're kind of embedded. They're pitted. <laughs> but they're still on the outside. <laughs> At what point? And it's you... just showing them off. Did you feel you needed to take this information into your brain? Look, I'm good at pub quizzes. So does that make an <laughs> avocado a berry? No, because the seeds on the inside. Well, it's a fruit. No, it's because it's got a. Pit. Okay. It's not a. It's not seeds. It's a pit, isn't it? So Ryan, stop doing that with your hands. So it looks I, like you're grabbing something else. So when I get home this afternoon, I'm going. I'm going. I'm going online to the government's uh, what's it yeah. website where you can set up things to remove the tomato word berry. Is a, tomato is a fruit. Oh, no, no, yeah, tomatoes are fruits. They got seeds on the inside. Yeah. But st- so strawberry can't be called a strawberry anymore. No, strawberry got... is the name of it, but it's not actually a berry. That's terrible naming. Yes. I'm, all right, I'm going to go blueberry then. A gooseberry is a, goos- a berry. Yeah, gooseberry's nice. I feel like you're the gooseberry right now because I'm just waiting for Keith. You want Keith's gooseberries, do you? <laughs> this now TV arrangement's getting worse every minute. <laughs> Guy, what have you been up to? Um, so two things this week. Firstly, um, I kicked Kirk's ass at a DJ set, quite literally. Which you you dragged me to Warsaw. It wasn't that bad. It was treat cheap drinks. I watched my phone signal go down when I was on the train. <laughs> it went 4G, 3G, 2G. It was like that scene in Hot Fuzz when he gets the train to Santa. <laughs> so I did my first solo DJ set and I think I, I did alright I think I did alright yeah I dropped some unusual stuff and then I dropped some absolute bangers there was a fantastic moment in the end of the night when me and Kirk had a DJ off and I'd pulled this record earlier in the day I was thinking oh, I'm going to not play this now I'll save it for later before I drop it I, do- I dropped two classic last records so the last but one record I played was uh, Stevie V Dirty Cash it's a quality tune. So then Kurt played something else after it. I don't know, probably some rubbish. <laughs> and then I just put on uh, Last Train to Transcentral by the KLF, which we all know is which an absolute killer. A woman ran in from the beer garden <laughs> and it was like her youth relived, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. She was like, she went absolutely crazy for this. She was like, oh my God, the KLF. Kurt and then started dancing. Kurt was so underprepared for this, this this moment that the song finished and he hadn't even lined up another record. <laughs> had to take the mic and was like, yeah, you beat me. <laughs> he had to publicly admit defeat. So. See, I want to draw a comic strip now of Guy pulling records, like hanging around outside record shops waiting for an unsuspecting record to come out and go, hi, how you doing? <laughs> do, you want come, do, you want to, do you want to come to a DJ off with me? <laughs> so it was it was a great victory. But um, it's not actually this, it's the second war I've been involved in this week because... Um, I'm currently involved in a war at work. Come on, then. (laughs) Explain. Me and my colleague are essentially both five-year-olds. Oh, we've known that for many years. And on Tuesdays, Cafe Nero do a promotion with O2 where you get a free coffee on a Tuesday, which is great. But you also get a stamp on a, you know, the standard stamp on the card. Brilliant. So ultimately, you you have nine free coffees and then you get an extra coffee for free on on a non-Tuesday. So, you know, this is great. Stacking the discounts now. So we're both collecting these cards. But for the last two weeks, I had a card. We went to the Nero and he was too busy flirting with the girl on the till. So I put my card out and got his stamps (laughs) and then put it back in my wallet. (laughs) 
So then, consequently, now over the last two weeks, we've been um, we've stealing been fight- we've been stamps. stealing each other's car- the card back off each other. So much to the annoyance of my colleague, uh, other colleagues, to the point where one of them had to have a quiet word about us acting like we're in a crash <laughs> about this card, and like literally, this is getting. It's getting so bad, like drinks are getting spilt across tables because, like, we're literally just trying to grab it back over each other. He ripped it the other day to try and end the war. Then he comes back in the next day with it sellotaped, <laughs> feeling so smug. He left his wallet unguarded yesterday. I managed to get it out of his wallet. And then he was like, Oh, but they're not going to accept a ripped card. What have I gone and done this morning? I've gone to Cafe Nero and said, Oh, yeah, I accidentally ripped my card when I ripped some train tickets up. Could you stamp me a fresh one? Boom. <laughs> We're back again. You should have picked up a blank one to put back in his wallet. Oh, do you know what? I might go and do that later. <laughs> Just for the ultimate, ultimate of annoyance. I mean, or he... switch it for a Greg's one. <laughs> I mean, this war isn't going to end until somebody claims the coffee. It's like literally like we are out for blood. I swear to God, there's going to be a fight across the so, office. Do you have so a what Nero... you could do as a brilliant magnanimous gesture is win the coffee and, and then give, give him yeah. the coffee. After you've After like... you've won. Or what do you mean some... after I've won? No, after you won, claimed your free coffee, hand him the coffee, and just say, "Here's my free coffee for you." Oh, that that'd be a burn. What to give him the empty cup? No, give him the coffee. That that would sting more than you drinking the coffee in front of him. Yeah, but I want the coffee. <laughs> I'm not fighting to give him a cut, but that's pointless. It's kind of like, oh, I got the card. You'd but be you no got the good glory. in mental warfare. <laughs> No way. So Keith knows what I'm on about here. <laughs> it would be the ultimate put down. It's yes. like, yeah, I beat you, but I beat you in such a way, I'm going to give you the coffee so you feel even smaller. There was a disaster this week, though, because obviously we'd, we'd filled one card. One card got chucked in the bin and out, out of anger about a week or so ago and went. But anyway, we both started new cards this week. So he buys my colleagues coffee for her as well. So he gets her. So he gets so two double stamping. Double stamps. I get one. So we were both on. I was on a one stamp card this week. This this card with nine stamps was still lingering. So I was on a one stamp card. He was on a two stamp card. I managed to get the two cards out of his wallet, but then I forgot them in my top pocket of my shirt. So I went home and washed them the day after he ripped them. He was like, oh, well, you still got those cards. And I was like, well, funny enough, mate, actually not, because I washed a shirt last night with the card in, so neither of us have got anything at the moment because you've ripped the other card up. See, what you need is a man on the inside to just print you out cards with eight stamps guaranteed. So how far have you got to go to get to the Nero? I've got the, I've got the card. Well, how, where, where's your Nero in relation to where you work? Oh, it's about five minute walk. Okay. So you have to go out. And why haven't one of the cards ended up in a jelly yet? Yeah, I mean, you're missing a trick there. <laughs> it might <laughs> do. Get them like, in the, like the little card sleeves that you get for like Yu-Gi-Oh cards. <laughs> it's intense. You know, when something like that, like a free coffee's at stake, you've got to put all your tactics See, what I'm trying this. to figure out at this point in time is when's there actually any work being done? Because this seems like... <laughs> Like a bit of a full-time activity. I'm, I'm hanging that's around. Got, that's what we got quite worse. I'm hanging around to, <laughs> to wait until he leaves so I can get in his wallet and then go to the, um, we go into the coffee shop all the time. It's like, what the hell? What kind of what is, kind it, of is it like Dilbert in? in your office? Um, yeah, I mean, literally, like, there isn't five minutes. your colleague Dilbert and your Wally. There isn't, there isn't five minutes that goes past where, like, something about this card doesn't crop up or some kind of... Or somebody just, like, putting it on the table and just slightly sliding it across and going, oh, like that, I'm putting it back and like, oh, how did that get there? I'm I can imagine you're thinking like you're Tim out of the office, but you're actually McFrenzy Crook. 
Harsh. <laughs> I'm expecting some some political party at some point to go. And in our manifesto, we're going to uh, make the economy work better by stopping people nicking each other's coffee cards because <laughs> it's costing us millions. Do you know what? Like, it's gotten so extreme that honestly, I don't remember fully the full sequence of events. I'm pretty sure it's my card to begin with, but it, I'm I'm hundred percent it could have been his card now. So like, it's definitely one of our cards. But who who originally filled it? I'm fairly certain it was me because I cheated him. But I, think, I, I don't know. I want to take a couple of like paintball guns into guys' work, put one on each of their desks, and then just film what happens. Mate, I don't think it resolved this issue until but, so somebody drinks that coffee. Yeah, this issue's not over. So, is your walk to the coffee shop like the scene out of John Wick Two, where Common and John Wick are going at each other, <laughs> like as they're walking to the, it's like shooting each other, like pretty much. Yeah, and you're gonna stab him in the leg with a pencil. Do you know what the fun's nearly over though? Because we can both just disc- well, we we're both joking about it, like, you know what the simple solution to this would be? It's Nero made an app. Play stamps. Yeah, Nero made an app. They probably made it in live as my colleagues have been in touch. Like, please design an app so we can put an just end to this something. stupid war. <laughs> Or you could just go and buy yourself a jar of Mellow Birds and make some work. Do you know what I'm thinking, though? I'm dreading this, actually, because we have a coffee fiend on this show. So if George knows there's a full coffee card lingering in my wallet, <laughs> I reckon the joke's going to be on me. So. Anybody want to know what I've been up to? Yes, right. Um, I would, yeah, actually. Yeah, what yeah, your what, what have you been like? doing this week, <laughs> see, right? see, I always get forgotten <laughs> on my own damn show about what I've been up to. So I started the week off with a bourbon tasting at the Bourbon's oh, Head. Oh, yeah, I saw that. Yeah, so it's the newly relaunched uh, Davenport's Bar. On the end of Broad Street, or the Bull's Head. Did you get sloshed? Oh, there was bourbon consumed, quite a lot of bourbon. So we started off with the mint julep. We had bullet bourbon and buffalo trace bourbon, both there. And I was like having a bit of a playoff against each other. See, I like a bit of bourbon. Mm. Bourbon's a nice, nice tipple. Some really nice street food as well. Did you have uh, to talk to people? I always talk to people. Um, unlike you, I, I have social skills. What's your opening gambit? <laughs> What's your opening gambit? Hello. That usually works well, quite well. Get, like, she's like, hello. Like that, I'm just like, right. Hey, it's going. Bourbon, yeah. Hello. And that's not how you introduce it. Was a ticketed, hello. It was a ticketed event. We all we sat Greg down. Greg Wallace. Hello. I like it. <laughs> it's a ticketed event. We all sat down. We all got our bourbon. We had a nice conversation for the guys who explained the process and, and how you make bourbon. the table like saying, hello, 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 hello. <laughs> Keith, what were you going to ask? I noticed as well you attended the Birmingham Social Media Cafe, which yes. I always mean Posted to go to and never get to. The award-winning Bromour, Mr. David yes. Massey. And it was I, very good. We I, went to I, tilt. As a result, you've, we've gained some extra followers on um, Geeky yes. Brummy and stuff, and some, some wonderful folks from the Mac and some yes. other complimentary things being mentioned. So it was there. We, um, it was Tilt Cafe, which is not too far away from here, which is a pinball machine cafe, which is amazing. You should go there very much. They still have the Adams Family Machine. They have yes, they do. No, but they have pinball and beer and coffee. That's so a good combination. But there's a lovely people from the Mac, as you said. Mr. Hadsley from the Happy Talk Show was in attendance. There's a guy who does some commercial gl- drone flying there. Really interesting to chat to him. You, would you really introduce yourself? Did you say hello? See, he might be an interesting contact to get because I've, I've now become obsessed with the DJI Spark that got announced this week, mm. which is like a little small drone. Yes. But for me, it would be just like ooh, perfect i could do some drones photography i think everybody wants the small drone but that can do hd footage and that seems yeah. to be the issue at the minute 1080 on this dji spark it's not bad it's pretty yeah. good um half the price of a mavic and yeah. it's like oh yeah fancy that. we should do some drone recording at some time or some drone racing drone racing is supposed to be really fun 31 miles an hour this thing will go out when you've got the remote control for it i have to keep your fingers away from that then Pretty sweet, pretty, pretty speedy. But yeah, that sounded good. The social. I'm, I need to make get along to one of those at some point. Yeah. And then after that, went to the studio venues, which is again around the corner where Ice was held last year. Yeah. And they were having a summer barbecue. 
So, so I don't chill down. So I don't get any work done. So I, what, I used one of my rare holiday days for this. So whilst guys fighting for a, a, an extra free cup of coffee, I got free G and T. Bourbons, barbecues. Yep. Do you have any food in your house? Yeah. Um, what what annoyed me slightly, by the way. So whilst I was at this social media cafe with Dave. Um, one of the lovely restaurants in Birmingham, Gaucho, sent me some croissants to work with some homemade peanut butter. So they arrived on my desk whilst I was at Social Media Cafe. And then I get a message through on my phone. You've had a parcel arrived. Can we open it? I was like, well, I don't know what the hell it is. And it's like, it's in a big black box. And it was like, just open it up, see what it is. And it was like, they opened it up and then sent me a picture of the croissants and peanut butter. It's like, are you going to come and collect it? It's like, well, no, I'm actually busy at the minute. It's like, can we have them then? <laughs> So I get like free food sent to me for the first time ever at work, and it gets eaten whilst I'm not in attendance. This is a joke. He's getting free food sent to him at work. Yeah, I'm having to fight somebody for a free coffee. What? You your... I mean, this is the difference between Redditch and Birmingham, right here. Man. You this get free like coffee gen- every week with your O2 priority. Fight happening like the war of you know the biggest war of all time about coffee, and you're just like, oh, it's got some free donuts and some peanut butter. But they do look absolutely beautiful, and thank you to Gautro for sending to them, even though I didn't get to try one. <laughs> So this is this is where I'm failing at life. I don't drink prosecco, and I take my own sandwiches to work. So <laughs> you're what's not going on? on? You're not on O2. <laughs> I'm not on O2. It's Shipham's paste. <laughs> my life is Shipham's paste and sparkling wow. water. <laughs> and on, on special occasions, I use I get Primula. <laughs> See, we bought laughing cow cheese this week. So if it's not good, Dave, you're in for it. See, Dairy Lee. We couldn't find Dairy Lee. It was like not in Morrison's. It was just laughing cow everywhere, but it was on Uh, offer. Are you sure that just wasn't the people in there? Is Morrison's just kind of going, well, we're not giving Dairy Lee because that's too common. I think Morrison's are trying to be a bit above themselves. I think they're aiming for the Sainsbury's market. Yeah. So they still have, I wanted to say Justin Hammond then, but that's not his name. (laughs) <laughs> is that like Richard Hammond and Justin Richard Hammond, Hammond yeah, yeah. no he hasn't done adverts for them for Has years been, do they, uh, they don't even advertise anymore I don't think what's that Morrison's so, do they not who are the ass slappers that's Asda isn't it yeah yeah. that's been going on for years so surely that's going to be a harassment work suit so, <laughs> yeah, well, literally just getting like I just love to like the final Asda app literally you just get some really creepy man got go on some woman's rack, 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 and then you just get a lawyer's like, right, what's wrong with this situation? You don't really have flagship celebrities for supermarkets anymore. Jamie Oliver used to be Sainsbury's. Whoa, 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 yeah. whoa, whoa, you're wrong. Used to be Sainsbury's. You've got Len Goodman for farm <laughs> foods, is it? Or is it for Iceland? There's, there's Iceland. I swear you're saying there's no farm foods. Farm foods, it's a ten from I'm, Len. This is, this is where I'm struggling again, yeah, because I caught that tail end of. Uh, of uh, Graham Norton them. last night, and there you was caught there, the tail end there of was, Graham Norton. <laughs> <laughs> he was quite happy about it, um, <laughs> and there was somebody on there that I had no idea who they were. After after the first thing I saw was Salma Hayek, and I had to say, "Well, Salma Hayek's a very pretty woman." Um, who's Len Gundman? Strictly come dancing. The one who's left about three series ago. The one who's the kind of not Brucey looking yes. fella, the yeah. one, Brucey the one, without a beard. The one that's bold and old. Who's now left? Yes. Okay. And then there was some Liam Geezer on the Graham Norton show. He's in One Direction. Apparently, kid. he was. There was a clip which felt I felt was particularly creepy because apparently now he's married to Cheryl Cole and they've yes. got a baby. Something yes. like that, yeah. The, the first time she was giving him the eye was when he was fourteen on the show. <laughs> which, that was X Factor, though, wasn't it? Was Not it? Strictly convincing. That was all bizarre. But yeah, yeah, my my celebrity radar's gone off unless they're like. In a geeky show, I have no idea who people are now. Is Len Goodman a massive celebrity, or is he just, is he just Len Goodman? He's he just known for saying seven over and over again. 
That's his entire career. That's his entire career. Because he says that. <laughs> you think they would have made a more deal on that one, wouldn't you? Yeah. These sausage rolls, seven for a pound. Seven <laughs> sausage rolls. So maybe he should be the celebrity endorsement for seven up. Let's crack on with the main show. So we're joined in the studio by the wonders, the amazing Mr. Corey Rutherson, master of the small press scene. Hello, Corey. How are you? Too bad, thank you. I'm sorry if my mutant ability kicked in and disrupted all technology in the nearby thousand mile radius. It's, uh, it does tend to happen. I'm, I'm a pilot. <laughs> no worries. Right, so uh, we're here talking about your newly coming out anthology, which is called Deadlier Than, which is where you worked on three short stories with three different authors. Yes, uh, basically we had a, we had three different uh, creators that have joined me on this wondrous venture, and the idea was really to bring in three different stories. Um, yeah. which were essentially about uh, three different uh, women mm-hmm. from entirely different backgrounds and circumstances and um, having them uh, experience their lives essentially in very, very, very short increments. So really was trying to bring those different perspectives in together and have it very female-focused, but at the same time bring that female uh, kind of perspective, with, obviously through the artists and the artists themselves, yeah. through sci-fi and fantasy and, and through those genres in different aspects which haven't specifically been explored. In the first one, um, we have a quick chat about, which is The Cure for Fire. So this is a fantasy sci-fi mashup set up on a far or far away war-torn world with a fierce young warrior who's been rounded and outcast by her family for one final mission. Yes, uh, to find yes, a cure so for... the artist from that is uh, Kit Butts, yeah. who is actually the official artist for um, a, a role-playing uh, Twitch stream called Critical Role. She's very, very popular. She's at NCM right now doing mm-hmm. about wondrous, wondrous things. And the second story is The Flower Girl, which is a spy urban fantasy, uh, which you collaborate with. I'm going to try and pronounce the name correctly. Jenny Kilblad? <laughs> yes, she's, I usually call her Jenny. Um, her, her name, when we're not anglicising it, is, is Jenny Kilblad. Uh, she's taught me to, to pronounce it because she's Swedish. But uh, but yeah, she's, she's perfectly fine with me pronouncing it Jenny Kilblad. So that's perfectly fine too. So there's a plucky MI5 field operative tasked with hunting a supernatural murderer. So this sounds really interesting. This is um, something a little bit different. This was actually the final story that I ended up writing compared to the, the first two stories. The idea really, I had this image in my head and I can't say too much about it because it will give away the story, but it was um, it was really about having a, a young spy from a totally different perspective um, where we would have a lot of stories about usually kind of like you know, rule-breaking spies like James Bond, obviously. We've rarely ever had stories where the spies are, are usually quite uh, quite young, as in like early 20s, mid-20s. They're going through the perspective of being either from an entirely different background from the usual kind of... Uh, kind of like British spy English background but also she's got like this huge secret that she's carrying around with her that she's not allowed to talk about in the public domain it really changes the entire perspective of the spy story in itself because I don't think I've actually seen it in the spy drama that much so uh, I know I'm being a bit mysterious about it but it will hopefully clear as, as you get through the story and the third book in the anthology is Transient Blues which you've gone back to a pulp sci-fi kind of feel and you worked on that one with Olivia Sampson yes yes um, actually she's from she's from uh, Denmark so uh, it's like a another Scandinavian collaboration and uh, the idea behind that really was it was partly inspired by um, Mark Miller's uh, Starlight series right. which took kind of like the Flash Gordon-esque story of having Flash Gordon in his middle age coming back to the planet that he previously liberated mm-hmm. um, however for me that story didn't explore the aspects of what it was like to be middle aged it kind of strayed away from that after the second issue or so and I wanted yeah. to take that, that implement and, and put a spin on it obviously by making the protagonist female but also having to deal with those things that do come with middle age, self-doubt, 
Um, yeah. And the lack of self-confidence that comes in whether you're doing this, the right thing. And if you've been fighting all these years in your life, how do you feel when your body starts kind of turning on you a little bit? And do you feel the same way about mm-hmm. uh, approaching problems and the good fight in a pulpy scenario in the same way? I mean, do you feel like the three stories have both been affected by the modern world recently with things that have been happening? Have you reflected that a little bit in the story? Um, I think so. It's, it, I don't think it was um, in, initially intentional because... Two of the stories, um, in particular, The Cure for Fire and Transient Blues, mm-hmm. they came from my um, my period about, um, I've not too long kind of come out of depression. Yeah. Um, this is going to get very personal now. And really, those stories were me trying to express what I was going through during those really dark days of my depression. Mm-hmm. Um, because I was really having a lot of self-doubt and, and trying to figure out whether what I was doing in terms of writing was actually worthwhile anymore. I was really going through a very, very difficult time. Yeah. So I really wanted to try and give myself little pushes by writing short stories, but I also wanted to do something which was almost documenting the sort of thoughts and feelings that I was going through uh, during those periods of time. Um, and because my wife actually noticed that I write with a lot of female characters, um, it was very much a case of like, oh, well, you know, why not do this from a female character perspective as well? And yeah. it just so happened that all these things in the world that was going on, with obviously the Women's March and, and Trump being kind of named president after everything that he had done, yeah. Um, it became very topical at the time, and some of that naturally kind of fed into it, but a lot of it was kind of in the process of happening before that point anyway. Um, my, my wife is a very strong feminist in herself, mm-hmm. so I tend to be exceptionally aware of those issues as well. I mean, obviously, a lot of my women and my family are very feminist as well, but because my wife is such a staunch feminist, it became a, a really kind of strong aspect that I wanted to end up homing in on. Whether I, whether I wanted to or not, it ended up becoming a big issue. Um, in my writing so um so yeah it does have those aspects in there but i think really it's just it becomes feminist simply because of the fact that we're not really talking about these issues as much as we probably should be and yeah. because we're not talking about them we need to highlight them more because we need to highlight them more they, they automatically become feminist issues mm-hmm. so it's really kind of addressing that that imbalance in that is that comes with inequality i mean that's something i've noticed a lot with what's coming through especially in the small press scene nowadays you've got ladies do comics up here in birmingham kind of force uh, trying to promote that ladies should get involved in the comic scene and it's not such a male dominated industry and that there is space for these female stories and i know marvel tried to do it probably a bit ham-fistedly recently with their recent reboot yeah but it's great to see the small press scene as well reacting to the way the world is nowadays and Introducing a little bit more of female characters coming through. Yeah, I, I think it should be it should be something that is. I think the small press has a very strong drive to be able to portray voices that don't typically get a shot in the mainstream industries by comparison. Um, and so we're seeing a lot more of that. Frankly, we're seeing a lot more of of, um, of female voices and, and people people of color, as it were, um, coming through yeah. with those uh, with those stories. And um, I mean, I, I do want to point out the fact that I, obviously I am a male. I think about female stories and I think there is that sense of irony in that respect. But at the same time, even though I'm a male, I'm also black. And so I do have male privilege. I also have those issues that come with being black yeah. as well within within a world where that privilege can be taken away from me. And, and so from my perspective as well, especially as a creator, I think it's really important to be able to use the, the privilege that I do have and help increase and amplify those voices with a privilege that is, is missing elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's not about me being a definitive statement on, on women's no. because I'm not a woman. 
at the end of the day. But um, the alternative is basically a male talking and writing about male comics again, which we have lots of anyway. Yeah. So it's, I think it's important to be able to jump into those aspects where we do be able to express those elements of, of the voices that aren't being heard as much, regardless of where we're coming from and what our background is. And I think the small press is really uh, strong in able to do that. Corey, I just wanted to ask you um, how you went about finding your co-creators for this anthology and had they worked in the comics field before or did they kind of come to this as a new experience? Um, well, it's, um, it was very varied. Um, Jenny, I've worked with a lot in the last kind of, uh, probably the last six years or so. We've become, you know, we're very good friends anyway, but we've become very close collaborators and we've worked together on things like Corporate Watch and Play Your Kind of Stories and we did have a graphic novel lined up um, with a publisher that we did some of the publications before that, that publication actually went uh, bust. So we do have very close contacts. So that's, um, Jenny's got a lot of experience in the comic book field anyway. Um, Kits, I actually work with at Sony. Um, we work, both work for PlayStation. Um, so we became, we became introduced by that and became friends that way. And Kits has experience in doing artwork for Critical Role, but she's also done comic books of her own as well. And she's really becoming a very strong figure in the comic book industry. Um, especially recently, because our artwork is so striking and so and so really powerful and prominent. So um, so it was really, I wanted to try and get her before she became so big that it became <laughs> impossible to be able to get her slipped into her schedule anymore. Yeah. Um, so I really tried, I've been talking to her for a couple of years about trying to get into the industry uh, and do a story together. Um, so that was great that she, she could actually kind of sit down and then we could actually talk about doing the story. And The Cure for Fire was actually written specifically for her in that, in that respect. So I had no other artist in mind for that story apart from her. Um, Olivia. Olivia is actually one of these uh, wonderful artists that doesn't realise how good they actually are. Um, she's not really done much in the comic book sphere. Uh, she's done a lot of wonderful artwork and I saw her uh, through a recommendation through Kit. Um, and I saw her work and I thought it was absolutely sensational. So I approached her and talked to her about it. And she was a bit apprehensive at first because she'd not really done a full comic book of this sort of size before. Um, but I saw her, her work come back to me and I was absolutely flabbergasted. It is sensational. Um, you'll be able to see it soon over on the Facebook page when we start doing more previews. But for a person who has not done this sort of comic book work before, you would never have guessed it. It is professional. It is clean. It is really, really sharp. And I, I think you guys will agree when you actually get to see it as well. I think um, she'll be surprised at the, the sheer positive response that she'll get from this work. And uh, the cover artist, Megan, uh, Megan Bradbury, yes, she's, she's brilliant. She's absolutely fantastic. And she hasn't done a vast amount of comic book work either. But, um, but I, I wanted to get her to do something because she never had the time to do a full story as well. Um, I wanted to get her to do something for the project. And she's done this cover, which we started to slowly reveal now. Um, and it was just, again, she was already another recommendation from Kit, and we just got talking, and, and she was really happy to be a part of the project. I think I've been really fortunate to be able to work with these incredible talents across the board, really. you got San Diego Comic Con coming up soon, so this must be quite a series of many moving parts to get this sorted in time. <laughs> oh, it is, it is. It, I mean, it's our, it's, I think it's the fifth time we're going to San Diego Comic Con now, which, um, we're, we're incredibly fortunate and incredibly blessed to, to have got our foot in the door the first time that and to be continuously be invited to go there. And um, getting all these stories wrapped up in, in, from different angles at all different stages of completion is, is obviously a challenge in itself, but it has been, for most of the part, a really fun and entertaining and great experience in itself. I mean, the ladies are brilliant to work with. 
and always getting stuff back from them is an absolute joy. But um, it's always that pressure because they're, especially kids as well, in kids in, in Denny, because they actually are comic book artists and they're constantly working, trying to make sure that everything works within their schedule and making sure that everything they get back is on time as well. It's often a bit of a stress for them. But, um, but everything mm-hmm. is, is going as smoothly as it could go, considering it's effectively five of us working together, um, all working from different aspects and different parts of the country and different parts of the world, and, uh, and really trying to bring a one book together at the same time for a very short time frame. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it's, it has its stresses, but um, I've, I've certainly been in more stressful situations in, in building up San Diego Comic Con. So, yeah. so thankfully, this is keeping the blood pressure fairly low. It's due for release quite soon, isn't it? I mean, summer 2017 is... That's it. We haven't specified um, an exact release date. Obviously, we'd, we'd love to release it for San Diego Comic Con, if possible. Mm-hmm. Um, but the one thing that I really stressed with, with all of my co-collaborators is that I want them to enjoy the process, and I want them to enjoy working on these stories. And thankfully, they do at this moment in time. The one thing I really don't want them to do is to feel rushed, to turn out rushed work or to turn out work that they're not enjoying anymore. Yeah. Um, I think that just get lost in the co-collaboration um, <laughs> kind of aspect of comic books. Um, and I, I do want them to feel like they, they are part of the process. And, and if we don't make San Diego Comic Con, then that's fine. We'll, we'll work our ways to a, a release date which is working towards that. So yeah. Hopefully it will be released then, but I want to keep it as summer. It'll definitely be released this summer, that's for sure. That's that's almost without that. Um, yeah. So we'll hopefully start talking about a more specific release date in the coming weeks. I mean, this must be a quite mammoth task as well. When you've got your full-time job, as you said work earlier, working for PlayStation as well. I can imagine that yes. with releases <laughs> yes. coming up soon. It must be scheduling nightmare sometimes. <laughs> I have a very understanding wife. Let me put it this way. Um, <laughs> we... It's a lot of working late nights, a lot of working during my lunch times, and, um, and with the ladies as well. They're they're all coming from either full time jobs or they're working um, multiple creations at the same time. So there is that element of of really being able to for everyone to try and do everything as much as they can within that space. But um, but yeah, so far it seems to be working out okay. I've been fortunate enough to have two of the stories effectively completed from kind of effectively earlier on this year and the, the, the story that was most recent was The Flower Girl which I completed only about a month and a half ago um, but but thankfully I've been chipping away at them editing them and, and really kind of trying to get them into a state of, of being entirely happy with them over the last few weeks and I've got fantastic editors as well helping me with those who are established creators themselves yeah. uh, Yomi Ayani and Matt Gibbs who have been wonderful in really putting these stories into in the direction that they that they feel is going to be best for the stories. So so that has also really helped us as well. It's uh, it's made life a little bit easier. No, brilliant. And um, where can we find more information about Deadlier Than online? So we've got a, uh, a Facebook page, Facebook Deadlier Than. If you look for that on yeah. Facebook, you should be able to find it pretty easily. Mm-hmm. Um, that's where we're talking about it mostly. I'm also talking about it on my own Facebook page, uh, which is Corey.Preverson.Writer. Um, on Facebook, I talk about it a hell of a lot there, so you can also kind of find lots of stuff there. And I tend to talk about it on my Twitter feed, which is basically Corey Preston as well, so yeah. you'll find a lot of information on, on the book there. Now, brilliant. Thanks very much for joining us today, and we really look forward to the release of that one. Thank Just... you so much for having me. Hello, London. This is Birmingham Carlingham. Do you have the Eurovision Mil-Kwa. scores? <laughs> Definitely Mill <laughs> Yeah, that was, a, that was a possibly one of the worst accents you've done that. Yeah, it probably is. How are you both doing? Yeah, doing all right. Yeah, I'm not too bad. Yeah, 
the, the, lack, the lack of costumes this weekend is helping. Yeah, as I say, it's getting a bit toasty up here in Birmingham, so I'm assuming it's getting a bit yeah. warm down there as well. It is the ultimate cosplay endurance sport this weekend. Unfortunately, people try and cope with the heat in layers of costume. Yeah, I hope you have plenty of water. <laughs> lots and lots. Yeah. So how's it been going so far? Dave, you got to see Donnie Yen yesterday. I'm assuming this is one of yes, your happiest um, moments of your life. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I, that was my weekend made by four o'clock yesterday. So, <laughs> yeah, just like I say, I'm really, really grateful to, to Nick for asking me to cover it for him because I, I was heartbroken. I couldn't do it. I couldn't afford to do the uh, panel anywhere. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, like I say, just an incredible experience getting, getting to sit 10 foot from the guy when he's talking about the state of martial arts films. Yeah. Yeah, it was incredible. Yeah, I mean, he's just about to come back in It Man 4, if I remember correctly. So. Yes. Which is one film yeah. I can't yeah. wait for. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. Yeah. Did they say any more about Star Wars? Possibly another prequel? No. Uh, to be to be fair, they didn't really talk that much about um, Star Wars. It yeah. was just it was a general sort of discussion about um, the state of like the martial arts film genre. So yeah. It's being run in conjunction with the modern school of film. Ah, right. Cool. Um, and I, yeah, essentially, what they do, they do panel talks with actors, directors, yeah. stunt choreographers, all that sort of thing about various about various film genres. So instead of being like you know everybody asking questions about Star Wars, it was discussion about sort of the impact that you know guys like Samuel Hung, um, Jet Li, Bruce, Bruce Lee. Lee, all these guys have had on the genre and making it, making it accessible to the West and the differences between. Like yeah. Hong Kong and Hollywood film uh, making when it comes to fight scenes. Yeah, I mean that's that's some amazing things that they've come up. I mean, if you look at the impact of Hero, what that's probably what a decade ago yeah. now. Yeah, exactly. And that film, yeah, was that, I mean, that was one of the ones that got discussed quite a bit. Yeah, George, how's the new cosplay settling in? Any issues so far? Apart from being about a thousand degrees, <laughs> <laughs> apart from that, it's been really good. Yeah, uh, I was part of an Art Nouveau super glue group yesterday, which went down very well. Including getting into free drinks at the bar down on the down reference. That's always a good bonus. That's really cool. <laughs> but yeah, it's been fantastic. There's some amazing cosplay on show. Like, despite the heat, a lot of people have really brought their own game anyway. Yeah. Fantastic. I mean, and if anybody wants to see the cosplays that you're debuting in London, they can check it out on your Facebook page. They can indeed. I've already started posting some photos up from this weekend. Pirate Caramel Latte Kiss on Facebook. Yeah, awesome. And any cosplays that you picked out that you want to have in the future? Oh, God. It's always dangerous at con. You look at everybody else's costumes and you go, oh, I want to do that. Oh, yeah. I want to do that. Oh, my God, I want to do that. And I think <laughs> the big trends for the cosplay this year seems to be Overwatch. There is so much Overwatch cosplay around. Yeah. We've seen a lot of Power Rangers, yeah. which is cool. And there's a lot of funny versions of costumes going around. That cool. seems to be the big thing this year. No, sounds yeah. good. And we're just currently watching a guy walking past in one of those virgin killer sweaters. Oh, which yeah. is interesting yeah. choice for the day. Yeah. And yeah. He's, he's rocking it. He's styling it out. Props <laughs> to that gentleman. Yeah. <laughs> right, we'll let you get on anyway, because I know you're raring to go for day two. So we'll yep. catch up with you when you get back. Have a good, Fantastic. Have a good back. few, have a good few days. We'll see you soon. Bye. Bye, Bye guys. Film trilogies. There's been a lot of trilogies that have turned into quadrilogies, then quintilogies, then septilogies, but we thought we'd have a quick chat about some of our favourite film trilogies. Keith, what one's yours? Now, are we classing these as their only three films, 
or are there three films that are a trilogy within another series of films? I think we can get away with the. You see, because I've got, I've got, I'm going to go for two. Yeah. Um, Back to the Future, obviously, quite clearly, is one of the best uh, trilogy trilogies of all time. It's a yes. magnificent uh, set of films. But I also look, have a look for Star Trek two, three, and four, yeah. which form their own uh, kind of mini trilogy well, in they the. Actually, do. In the in the midst of the um, the Star Trek series, which the is quite Genesis cool. Cycle. Shall we the call Genesis, it that? The Genesis Cycle, yeah. I I, I do have it, and you know, and they're very distinctly different films as well, which is quite yeah. nice. I do have I do have a love for those. I mean, Wrath of Khan is still the best Star Trek film. Yeah, by far, by far, by far. Yeah, and um, and the first three Indiana Jones. Not strictly a trilogy. There's only three Indiana Jones films. I don't know what you're on about. There was this fever dream where George Lucas made a fourth one, but that was blocked out of my memory, and I'm sure it was due to lots of too much Coca-Cola one evening. But does that count as a trilogy? As the first one is a standalone, the second yes. one is a prequel to the first one, Yeah, and then, and then the third, the third the... one is just an excuse to get Sean Connery on the screen. Yeah. I so does that counts. count as a trilogy? I think it counts as a trilogy. Guy, what do you think? Yes. <laughs> Any more thoughts on that? No. <laughs> I think Indiana Jones is one of the best characters to come out of that whole Lucas Spielberg collaboration period. Oh uh, yeah, by far. I mean, the, the opening Not moments. Short round. <laughs> well, yeah, short round's ice. Yes, he's a good sidekick. What's oh, the yeah. name of the screaming lady with them? Which one out of the three? The one that really screams. The one that ended up marrying Steven Spielberg. Yes. Yeah. Um, the character's name. It's Kate Capshaw is the actress, but I can't remember the name of the character in that film. No, no I do. Screaming lady. <laughs> yes, but well, I, can't, I I do like Temple of Doom. Yeah. Temple of Doom's a good movie. I mean, and we've got to pause talk about the biggest trilogy of all time. Twilight. <laughs> Get out! Get out now! Fifty Shades. <laughs> the original Star Wars trilogy. Ah, uh, yeah, uh, oh, yes, yes. Empire is still the best one out of the three, but I think all three still stand on. Stand their own to today. Oh yeah, I mean the original Star Wars 40th anniversary this week, of course. Yeah, um, yeah I mean that's it's a film that changed the landscape for an entire generation. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and up until that point, genre films were still treated as kind of you know second-rate cinema, yeah. which is why we ended up with all the kind of like Simbads and the land that time forgots. Mm-hmm. Um, but Star Wars, yeah, changed that whole landscape. Willie, free Willie. Willy was the name of the woman in in in, in Temple of Doom. That's it. Free Willy is a trilogy. Nobody remembers the third one in that. No, sequence. I was just talking. It was like Willy. Is, <laughs> does, does the Mighty Ducks have a trilogy? That's probably that's probably a trilogy. What about you, guy? Have you got a favourite trilogy? Um, Cruel Intentions. <laughs> was that a trilogy as well? I, I think I think if, the, if that was, that was a straight was to video. Yes. From Dust or Dawn, one, two, and three. I'm surprised you didn't go for yes. Police Academy. Oh, let's not be dissing Police Academy films. <laughs> the first no, the films first three are, are brilliant. The, the first, first two, I'd say. The, the next assignment and Citizens on Patrol. That's yeah. just brilliant. Citizens on Patrol. <laughs> do your best Z impression then. No, I did this before and you're laughing. <laughs> Can you do Steve Gutenberg? Yes. No. He's Can you do Michael than... Winslow? Michael Winslow came to my university and my friend Dave got to meet him. I didn't get to go. But Why I mean, did you get to I, go? I don't know. I don't know. I was probably involved in other activities. Yeah. It's how, a trick. How annoyed were you when you heard that news? Yeah, to be fair. It is Winslow. It's, yeah. a, it, bloop, bloop, bloop. it's a tricky one for trilogies, though, because it is that. It's often a case of diminishing returns once, yeah. a, once a series gets, gets in, because none of us have said Die Hard. No. 
Um, and although I do quite like Die Hard 3, Die, Die Hard, Hard with a Vengeance. Was, yeah, Die Hard with a Vengeance was a buddy cop. It should have been yeah. a Lethal Weapon movie. And yeah, that's how it felt. Because again, Lethal Weapon's another one. I mean, although there were four, yeah, um, they don't stop, do they? The idea, because what did they didn't they invent the word then for like what films were after they got past a trilogy and then it was quadrilogy, quintilogy. <laughs> so they invented words to do these things. Yeah. Um, I think Alien franchise was the one that caused that, that kicked that off. Yeah, because they started off with a quadrilogy box set and then they decided, well, let's make another film. Let's squeeze another one in there. Yeah, at least with Star Wars, they say. Right, here's three films, and here's another three films. Even though they've, they've gone off that with Rogue One and the Solo, the st- all the standalone movie. movies. Yeah, yeah. Do we have do, does such a thing as just a, just a trilogy? Trilogy still exist in terms of cinema? Because oh. most things now are kind of just because even even if they are a trilogy in yeah. terms of things, Hunger Games, for example. Yeah, um, that ended up being four two. films yeah. because they they couldn't keep it all <laughs> into just the three films. So do yeah. have we gone away from the age of of uh, a trilogy so. trilogy. If you think about the trilogies from my childhood, as we've mentioned, Star Wars, Back to the Future, um, Indiana Jones, Back to the Future is the only one that stayed that trilogy. Mm. And even then, the third one was a little bit weaker than the other two. But Robert Zemeckis has said, until he passes away, that's it. There will be no more Back to the Future. Yeah, and, that's and, a brilliant um, way of doing it. Is it Bob? I can't remember his name. The guy that wrote, co-wrote House. it. No, not Bob. Thinking of another trilogy that didn't didn't do well, Matrix. Yes, the first Matrix is amazing. Yeah, I think they overreached themselves when they kind of because the Matrix is a, as a one-off, just standalone. I'd be quite happy to end that story with Matrix yeah. flying with Matrix, Neo flying off into the sky. I think again, it's diminishing returns post those. But I'm mm-hmm. trying to think of like a modern trilogy that we've had in recent years that you kind of go, yeah, that's going to be one that I'm going to sit down and watch. Again and again and again, like we do with the Raiders and yeah. we do with the Back to the Futures. Well, that was supposed to be the Philip Pullman series of books, the Amber Spyglass, and yeah. then they made the first one and then decided not to make any more. Then you had the Chronicles of Narnia. Yeah. Where you had Line the Witch of the Wardrobe. Chronicles of Narnia. We got to four. We got to. Didn't we get to four? <laughs> what, have been, what have you been watching? We got, we got to, to four, we got to four yeah. on those. So again, it's, it's, they, I think the the franchise movie. Yeah. Has I think has spoiled the trilogy. I don't think people write to either a single film. I think a lot yeah. of films are written to, to to the idea of like if we, we do well, we've got something lined up, and then they get to like the next one, and it's like, well, well let's stretch this out as far as possible, like the I Fast think. and the Furious. <laughs> What's it? Fast and Furious eight and nine. Fast and Furious were eight. Fate of the Furious. Yes. Isn't nine already in production or something? I think nine's like in production. Nine and spin off with Peanut Butterhead and Statham. Yeah, and no, although trilogies as well, the because the, we've had the modern Star Treks, but their stories don't follow into each other. No, the Star characters, the characters it. carry on, but there's not an overarching story. Which we, you know, in Back to the yeah. Future, that's very clearly one overarching story. And even as you said earlier in the Star Trek, the Genesis. Yeah, those three films did link yeah. to each other, so that's yeah. quite nice. So I, I like that um, thing. And but I think let's, um, let's ignore Spock's brother because that was just <laughs> Cybok. <laughs> yeah. Cybok. Yeah. Yeah, that was a bit of an off point for them. Um, yeah, I miss I miss a good trilogy. Yeah. Uh, if we missed any trilogies, tweet us in. Drop us a message. Yeah, let, let us know if there's trilogies within bigger franchises that we've missed out as well. Lord yeah. of the Rings, there's a trilogy. Yeah. I and that actually that was a proper trilogy. And then let's not talk about the Hobbit trilogy. <laughs>
So here we are in Nostalgia and Comics celebrating Free Comic Book Day and I'm here with Ryan and Lauren. So if you can just tell us a little bit about the titles that have come out today and what Free Comic Book Day means to you guys. Uh, well, as a comic reader, it was always, for me, a great time to check out new titles that I wouldn't necessarily want to invest money in straight away. So I'd pop down, have a look at the shelf, see something that was different and give it a go. And it's a great way of expanding my library of comics. Yeah, and similar to Ryan and also because I've always been a long-standing Marvel fan, Marvel primarily use this day as a way to kickstart an event or sneak something in a little bit extra. Like the Secret Empire book has a phenomenal, you know, reveal that everybody's going to lose their minds about. Yeah, I mean, I was, I was like, I was like, you need to read it. It's amazing. And I was like, okay, I'll pick it up. And I read it. I was like, oh my God. It's like, so everyone be rushing back in once they figure out the end, trying to get a hand on it. It's or be ones. like furiously angry and offended. <laughs> So Free Comic Book Day has been going for 16 years now. Have you found that that's uh, affected the store as a, as a bringing more people in, actually getting people reading new and different comic books? For the most part, yeah. I mean, Free Comic Book Day itself is always ridiculously busy, um, which is always a good thing. Um, I'm not sure how well it makes people stick. I don't, I don't really see many people come in for Comic Book Day and then see them afterwards. There are a lot of people that we seem to see once a year, um, but it's always a great time for the regulars who come down and get like a little bit extra that you know that they more normally miss out on. Yeah, like regulars will often wait, maybe delay coming in to pick up their pools like two or three weeks even, just because they know that the first Saturday in May is Free Comic Book Day, so they wait for it, they expect it, and then people who don't necessarily like read comics every week on month. We'll t- we tell people in store, like in the couple of weeks leading up to it, to remind people. But then they'll hear about it online and hear like the chatter and come down to see what it's about. Um, they don't always come back. The seed is there, and that's the important thing. So, if Free Comic Book Day has enticed people to return and buy new comic books, what suggestions do you make for initially the younger readers, perhaps the kind of um, pre teens? Um, there's quite a lot. I mean, there's a range of stuff that can be appreciated by all. There's like Lumberjanes and Nimona, which is a standalone original graphic novel. They're really good. And then there's a series called Amulet, which is aimed about nine and ups. That's gone down quite well. That's in serial books though, but it's about thinking outside the box, not necessarily going for just superheroes, because there is a really wide range out there. And have you a particular section in the store for the younger readers to peruse? We do. We have it. It's kind of near behind the staircase almost. There's like bookshelves that we put up so it's a bit more kid friendly and kid reachable. So, you know, nobody's having to reach all on like a kid eye level that they can peruse through. Like a little library almost, but you know, you have to buy it as well, hopefully. Yeah, and I always like to stress the all ages part of all ages comics. It's not just a way of saying kids' comics, they are all for all ages. I've read several series from there like Goldie Vance, Lumberjanes, uh, Guff Canada, that kind of stuff, and they're all great comics. But I just I would like people to be more open to them um, as an all ages comic rather than just thinking, oh, that's the buzzword for kids' comics, when it's really not the case. So they are for everyone. And are there any other titles that you should suggest people perhaps start picking up uh, now following on from Free Comic Book Day? Um, people should definitely go back and read Captain America Steve Rogers if they want to get into Secret Empire and thoroughly enjoy it Um, there's been a lot of doubt a lot of negativity about it because people have been kind of bashing like the series online like giving death threats to the creator and they've not read the comic like it's incredibly frustrating because it's an amazing comic and 
you know, Secret Empire is going to be great. And yes, things will probably be reset because Marvel already kind of said they're going to do this. This kind of, not quite sure how to phrase it, but they're going to do this thing called Legacy in the autumn where things... They're saying that a lot of old books are going to go back to their original numbering. So there'll probably be a lot more so-called traditional characters, which, you know, that's good. But we always know they cycle back. It's like the first time Captain America died. I mean, which, which time do you count that as anyway? But he, there's been times like the 70s, the 80s, you know, where he's not been Captain America and somebody else has been Captain America, like John Walker, for instance. People forget about that. But he always goes back to being Cap and he always goes back to being himself. It'll be the same with Thor, you know, Thor's going to, you know, Thor's going to be Thor again and the Lady Thor will be somewhere else and Iron Man will come back again and so it always happens anyway, which isn't a reason to be, not enjoy something though, you still enjoy it in the meantime and then if you don't, it's a shame, but there's still other stuff out there you can enjoy. Anything for you, Ryan? Uh, yeah, for me, uh, if you're looking to start a comic that's had a free comic day offering, I'd have to go for Betty and Veronica from Archie Comics. Uh, Adam Hughes writing and doing the artwork, and it's stunningly beautiful. Um, especially with the success of the Riverdale Netflix TV series, it's it's great. And obviously set in its own standalone universe, but if you want to get to know the characters as they're originally presented, Betty and Veronica's a great way to do it. Uh, we've only had two issues of it so far, so it's still good to go. And obviously, free comic day, you can pick up the first issue reprinted. Um, but yeah, it's great, and the artwork's stunning. It's Adam Hughes, enough said, really. Brilliant. Thank you, Ryan and Lauren. And Nostalgia Comics is open every day of the week, so even if you've missed out on Free Comic Book Day, you can get down there now uh, and pick up some of these wonderful titles, and the staff, as always, are more than willing to help you and guide you if it's your first purchase. So thanks again, guys. It's all good, no problem. So I've got something. I've got a little something for you. Thanks. Okay, so while we were live on air... Um, a message popped up on my phone and it said, Philip Ellis started sharing his day with you. Oh, I saw this. Oh, I saw that. So what do you think he's sharing with us? Predictions? Birmingham Pride, I'd say. It's possibly Birmingham Pride, likely. Booze. Lots and lots of booze. Prosecco? Prosecco, I'd say. Are we going to see what... He's, oh, he's, he's wearing a red shirt. Yeah. Is that his profile Also, Paul Hasley has shared his day with us as well. Okay, so let's go with Philip Ellis first. Philip Ellis first. He's got yeah. a nice red shading to his picture. It's He's just smiling. a picture of him. Oh, classic. It's a selfie of Philip Ellis with a heart in his shirt. And Paul Hadsley has had a microphone and some stock car racing by the look of it. Paul's gone speedway. Yeah. So that was it. Philip Ellis shared, shared his day with us and he was smiling. Yes. He's smiling. That, do you think, Philip, is that an actual badge that he's wearing or one of those kind of sticker things you can put on in Facebook? I don't know. I can't tell from the resolution of can, the image. Can you blow the picture up? You can't blow the picture up. No. He looks very happy. What do you What do you think he's thinking there? He's, he's probably thinking, oh my God, I'm so glad I'm not in a studio that's 27 degrees with 48% humidity. <laughs> he's got, he's got a, a, is it a Yanlard? Lanyard? Yanlard. Yanlard. I thought I was the one stumbling over my words today. Mr. Yanlard. Lanyard. <laughs> he's got one. So oh, where, yeah. where is he going? I imagine he, I am, ah. Uh, I do believe that uh, that Philip is officially covering the Pride Festival as a journo as oh. well. So um, he's got... He's uh, probably at the parade. Yeah. He's, he's, he's not about the parade. He's got special access to some of the... Um, that, what? That doesn't... <laughs> <laughs> Think before you speak. Has he, has he got some... Well, maybe some backers at the parade, yeah. but... He he'll be, be he'll get to see behind the scenes at the at the festival, so hopefully he'll do some good coverage that you should see. I imagine we'll see it in. Um, <laughs> that didn't sound any better. <laughs> no, it stopped me. Um, 
hopefully he's writing some pieces for style or whatever it is the yes. um, various the various I'm sure sources he's writing. Spared, 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 there, there, shared on social media. Okay. Has he had a haircut? Um, he, he does look he, like I think I think he has a constant trim. <laughs> Oh my god, Keith! <laughs> we're, like, we're left Jesus. in the studio without the adults for a week. No, I, I think I imagine Phil has his. <laughs> <laughs> I imagine Phil has his hair regularly done, so it always looks good. You know, he has a he has a cut every week. Yes. Also, but I did get to see um, them putting up the uh, festival stuff yesterday because my office overlooks mm-hmm. um, Hurst Street. Yes. Um, so the, 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 they did an amazing job getting all of the um, stalls and, and marquees yeah. and stuff yesterday. I was with Bramau yesterday when he was picking up his golden press pass. Oh. What does a golden press pass get you? Access Keith, to Keith, don't answer this. <laughs> Gives you access to all areas, Keith. <laughs> it, 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 I'm not. It's not deliberate. I'm not. I'm not doing it in, yes, on purpose. Bramar is also there the entire weekend covering it. But is he actually going to cover it, or is he just going for the hell of it, the kick of it? Bit of both. Bit of both, I think. It's, it's a big, it's a big event. It's, 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 the Badger Parade. it's um, how can I say it's grown or got bigger over the years without you two <laughs> looking at me like I'm saying something I shouldn't? I'm going to have to say something now, which is probably going to set guys as well. It's, it has an entry fee now, where it used to be free. Oh, right, okay. That. Yeah. 30 quid now. You're joking. 30 quid for one day, 50 quid for two days. Whoa. How do they um enforce that? Because surely there's block there's... off the street now. Well, I ain't getting to the disc later, am I? <laughs> You're going to have to walk stumped. around. Oh, that's a mission to get around the long way as well. Oh, well, like man. the way you dragged me and Viv that one week, where oh. we seemed to end up in like Shirley by the time we'd got back round. But yeah, I'm all for pride and everything like that, but guys, you didn't make it easy for me to buy my records this weekend. It's payday. <laughs> you, could, you could save your money. That's save your money. We, we know that's not an option. I was very upset this morning when he went to Swordfish Records and they were closed again. What is their deal? Get up earlier. I have to be in here for 10 and I want to buy records from you. If you want my money, get up earlier. Simple as. This is the rules. You want cash. You get out of bed. This is a public service announcement from Guy Help. <laughs> Swordfish is down by the courts now, Law isn't courts, it? Yeah, yeah. So it's hidden away. It used to be on Temple Street, was it? Oh, yeah, no, that was Summit. So, well, it was one. It was um, one of those um, Summit side streets. Was on Temple Street yeah. and Swordfish. Is it just down the road from um, Spectrum, the art shop? Yes. Yeah. I don't know. So that's the difference between us, Guy. I go and buy art supplies. And you go and buy records. That's because I'm cool. <laughs> Weird news. News, weird. Keith, do you want to make us a jingle? Ryan's got weird news. The doctor said it's okay to let us all know what his weird news is in his special way. This is why we shouldn't be left alone with just the three of us. This one is actually the one that Mr. Guy's finished having his little laughter attack. This one, Mr. Bloomfield himself found. It's from DevonLive.com. Yeah, you you can you can introduce this. I don't know how I managed to find this story either. (laughs) It just kind of appeared in in. I I, I was reading about comics and various film bits and pieces, and then suddenly, in the middle of all of this um, news that I was reading, yes, pop up pop this story, um, which I just kind of thought (laughs) I have to share this one. I was reading this on the bus, so God knows what the person behind me, who was obviously playing phone eavesdropping, which is a game you have to play on the bus, was thinking, what the hell is this guy reading? Humiliating scam led to mother and daughter licking pound world staff feet after fake phone call. See, now this just sets off a world of possibilities, doesn't it? 
So a girl and her mother were subjected to a torturous two-and-a-half-hour hoax in Barnstable's Pound World last week, during which they were ridden like horses by members of staff and forced to lick the feet by a prank caller who was impersonating a charity worker. 24, and her mother... Well, let's not mention names. And it's in, it the, in the paper. Article. It's in the paper. And... 55 had gone into Poundward on Barnstaple on Saturday May the 13th to do some last minute charity shopping ahead of their holiday at 4.30pm a man purporting to be from a charity based in Cork Island why would an Irish charity call up a Barnstable Pound (laughs) (laughs) it's falling apart from now called the store and told members of staff to close it for a team training exercise that would involve entering two members of the public into a competition her mother were the only shoppers in the store and they were told they would win £3,000 and they were taken by the manager to the storeroom at the back of the shop where they spoke to the caller. Nobody, nobody has like verified this. Nobody's and- questioned this. <laughs> Guy from Ireland on the phone. This yes, I'm going to ring up Barnstable for charity. He said he was asking us who we were and where we worked and stuff like that, but it obviously didn't want to disclose where I worked, so I just said I worked in a calf. Do you think it's the apprentice calf? <laughs> I don't know. The prank caller who managed to dupe both the staff and mother then made them carry out a series of humiliating and embarrassing tasks around the store. The manager and member of staff were told to tie string around ears, throw water over them, draw on their faces with pens and make them crawl around the store on their hands and knees. The mother and daughter were also ridden like horses around the store and told to lick the staff's feet. Over two and a half hours this is I by mean, the like, way. Just, I'm just... not being funny. If I was in the working there I would like if someone was like, right, you're gonna have to take your shoes and socks off because this is happening. And we were like, this is this ain't legit. This, yes. <laughs> this is it's like somebody should have been checking on this the minute the guy phoned up. It's like, did, did, did this come through as a fax? Like, this is a very, this is a nationwide competition. Throughout the hoax, her mother were referred to by the two female members of staff as ugly and beast, and in return had to refer to the manager as beautiful lady. I was starting to think this was a scam, and my mum mentioned this to the staff, and eventually we left saying this is a prank. We would want compensation. I love that. I, I was starting to think this was a scam what was that when somebody was riding your back i mean like that's not a normal thing that happens when you go to Poundland. the manager took my number and promised to let me know what happened then received a call on her mobile from the prank caller the manager must have been contacted him by again and given him my phone number he said he'd go back to the store when you arrive you have to knock on the door on your hands and knees you have 10 minutes left to win the money Naomi and her mother then returned and did his instructions and the ordeal continued for another half an hour eventually the manager of the store called the company's HR and was told to contact the police three hours three hours after the original phone call this that's an expensive call yeah. in the first place. And the, whoever was on the other end of the line, how did they manage to keep a straight face for three hours while people are actually doing the things they were asking? So you know what? The, what what's strange to me though is that like they ain't getting any joy out of it because they ain't seeing it happen. I mean, and as well, what what you sat, sat there, you sat around, you have a couple of drinks with your friends. Do you know what'd be really funny? It's called Barnstable Poundboard. <laughs> And force somebody to be <laughs> make, ridden around make the Make a competition of that someone's going to ride someone as a horse. It's kind of like, you wouldn't even think that would actually genuinely happen. Like, you'd like I know you're just going to waste your time doing that. It's like, we've all made prank calls. Yeah. But you'd never Usually expect to that a pizza kind of shop result. Yeah. For like a stupid name. Usually, usually Noel Edmonds is on the other end of the yeah. line. So that's a different story altogether. Um, but yeah, I mean, who, how would you do this? Dave Massey has joined the studio. Tell Dave Massey a recap of what's just happened on this story. Right. Hi, Dave Massey, Bram Hour. Good afternoon. Hello. We're talking our usual weird news segment. Um, segment. Sixpence. Sixpence. <laughs> yes. yes. Humiliating scam led to mum and daughter licking Poundworld staff's feet after a faint phone call. 
This is from Boston. I have no idea what you just said. What did you just say? Say that again. Humiliating scam left led to mum and daughter licking Pound World staff's feet after fake phone call. So you have retail experience. Would you for this for this phone call? I'm really not allowed to talk about <laughs> terrible retail stories because they're really graphic. Somewhere. I know, but I'm Do just you saying. Work at Barnstable Pound World? So this is Barnstable Pound World. They had a caller from Cork Island who said they were doing a competition in the store, which was part of a team building exercise, where they locked two customers in, rode them around the store like horses, got them to leak sorry, sorry, lick what, the what, stuff. Sorry, what? Who published this story? DevonLive.com. DevonLive.com. Yes. Is that one of those ones that tells you uh, when you go onto it that you've got an ad blocker on your page and that therefore you don't have full access to their website? No, but it does have a link saying avocado lattes and the latest hipster trend. I don't believe that's a legitimate website. It is a proper <laughs> website. It's one of those regional news websites because they all look exactly yes. the same. Like the Daily Mash, is it? Yeah, so they had string tied around their ears, with had water thrown at them, were drawn on their faces with pen. But you're suggesting these are members of the public that yes, were just these, in there. Yeah, these are two members now, of the I, public. I have, I have seen other re- retail environments that have accidentally locked customers into the store. So I'm, but you don't usually ride them around like donkeys across the store. I think that maybe, <laughs> yes. maybe that's not true. But the uh, in, my retail ex- in my retail but experience. No, uh, it goes on. The, the store offered them £200 of credit yes. at Pound World. So that's, that's going to go a long that's way. That's 200 items from Pound Store. <laughs> that's you, true, so, And it's, yeah. Is it in Dublin? It, no, it's in Barnstable. Barnstable. Sorry, I thought you yes. said it was Dublin. Sorry. So just to finish the end of the so story. I'll tell you it was yours. According to her daughter, who is 55 and has one arm, is horrified by the ordeal. We are both too scared to go into Pound World now. I had to go in again to get these special straws for the holiday because it's the only place where I can find them and I had to go in with accompanied by other people because I was scared. <laughs> I sustained injuries to my knees and had marks on my wrists, arms and back. I mean, to be fair, you fell for the joke, so... Yeah. Our Pounds World spokesman said we apologise unreservedly to our customers for their ex- experience at our Barnstable school, which the team also fell victim to. The incident has been referred to the police and we're assisting them with their inquiries. We've conducted our own investigation and reissued guidance to our stores around verification of telephone calls to ensure something like this doesn't happen again. Poundworld has apologised to the family and offered them a £200 Poundworld voucher in compensation. That was it. It's ridiculous, said Naomi. We want to sue them, but we can't because the police don't know who it is. best thing about that story is, if you scroll down into the comments, the first one is somebody going, oh, this happened to me as well. (laughs) (laughs) It's not an isolated incident. Dave Massey. On that note... Dave Massey, you're off to Pride today, and we've just been discussing Pride. What uh, you have a sticker on your chest for uh, the National Trust Trust and Pride. So what's the what's the mash? I presume that there's some sort of LGBT plus uh, group for the National Trust. Right. Well, they didn't hand me the sticker. Someone in front of me handed a set of stickers and stuck one on me. How was the parade, by the way? It was very busy. Was there any badges involved? Any badges. Badges? Yeah. No. Can't have a parade without badges. Badges. No, there's no badges on the Badger Parade. No. No, it's a, it's a pride parade. I do feel like you should have badges on a Badger Parade, though. Yes. Dave. It's been a long time since I've seen a Badger Parade. You've been to Pride already. You've seen the atmosphere there. You've seen the environment, the location. Yes. What are my odds of getting to the Discord with ease today? <laughs> there's your answer. <laughs> um, it took me 10 minutes to get into Pride because they they're doing rigorous bag checks. Damn it! I just want to buy records. Just, let's go to HMV. Just jump on the sixty-three and <sighs> get off outside. And there are road closures in the uh, areas surrounding it. And normally, the route I'm sure that you would take to get there, um, that's not available. But good luck. 
What time is it? Is the disc reopened today? Well, I don't know. There's probably going to be no customers and probably closed up shop. They'll they bring yes. their branch down to you. I feel that there yeah. should be some element of uh, compromise here. There we go. We need to do a Discaroo service, which delivers vinyl Disco- to you. <gasps> oh. <laughs> so you order a record, they come on a little scooter, drop it round to your house. Should we not use the name Discaroo, or can we edit that out of the final version? <laughs> just to just, check the Twitter just handle. Just disclaim that, that, that one now. Or they yes. could do a cart, a record cart. They yes. walk around the streets. Dave, are you coming back? Like the, like the hot chestnut boy. Are you coming back to the studio or are you going now? I'm coming back to the studio about five o'clock. Oh, I was going to say, do you, do you want to go and grab me a can of San Pellegrino? San Pellegrino, you know the what? best they, drink in the world. Lemony zest and red I'm, orange. The temperature has increased so much in this room that I actually can't stand still in here. So would you, so, uh, would you like to go get me a can of San Pellegrino? No, I, I, will, I am departing to get If my anybody would like to provide Geeky Brummy team with San Pellegrino. I'm afraid I'm going to Nottingham now anyway. Enjoy your I'll trip to Nottingham. Are you actually going to Nottingham? Yeah, no. Hang on, so Dave's got the gold pass right. Yes. No, I haven't got a gold So the gold pass is exactly like getting you a helico- helicopter a, to Nottingham Pride site as I well. A, I have a crew wristband, but I'll leave you some Chris, which is Sensations Popcorn. That's not San Pellegrino. But you've got a lemony zest. Lemony and coriander. Yes. Um, I will be back. Um, it is, It is. you'll be sad to hear, about to rain. Oh, oh glad I'm bored. Oh, Three right. days over of the temperature. Well, that's good because everybody will disperse from Pride and they'll not, it'll be like <laughs> Moses parting the way of, uh, of Pride and I'll be able to get to the discreet. Rain Bye, is not going to stop the Pride, guys. Bye. See you, Dave. Bye, Dave. Bye, Dave. But nipping quickly back to our Devon Live website, <laughs> yes. uh, not not because I, and I didn't go down this rabbit warren of, of stuff, but at the end of that story, it ends with clickbait, the best clickbait I've read in a long time. And it ends the story and goes, read more. And then it, uh, then it poses this question. Is a knife-wielding chicken killer on the loose in North <laughs> Devon? See, I've got a better one for that with the read more from Devon line. Most oh, you got a different one to me? Yes, I've got. Why did we see lightning across Devon last night? They're just getting into 19th century science by the look of why, it. Why did we see lightning? It was so scary. We hid, we hid, hid under our hay, hay bales. Or <laughs> down there in the Devons. Yeah, and on the most commented stories, we have three. We have Devon is a wasteland full of whinges and it smells as London. <laughs> Furious bingo players pant protest after being banned from the local bingo hall, and a selfish driver <laughs> blasted for the prevention of delivery of potatoes. <laughs> I think we'll be going back to Devon Live at some point later in the year. Yes, it was to a chip shop, so that's allowed. I think. You know, yes. and in all honesty, I mean, it's, it's a weird news story, but you know, if yeah. if you if you do intend to uh, prank call people, damn, yeah. it's not for me. Right. Gonna have I, to go for the next two quickly, so I'm gonna I've give got you one a as choice. Well. I've got one. Yeah, have you got your one? Yes. Oh, do we have to mention that one? Yes. All right, Keith, you can choose between these two. Woman marries train station she has lived for 36 years, or an Ontario home filled with clowns is up for sale, and the clowns are included in the deal. Uh, if you ever include clowns in anything, they're always going to win. So it's going to be the, the, yes. the, 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 the clown house. Yes. So this is from bbc.co.uk. A legitimate news source. A then. legitimate news source. A charming bungalow in southwestern Ontario filled with hundreds of clown pictures, statues and knickknacks is expected to sell over the weekend over their asking price. But the cosy property is not making headlines for its affordable price tag, which is a reasonable £135,000 200 It is instead for the online picture of its clown-heavy interior decal. You have some lovely pictures if you want to come around and have a mooch. <laughs> I'm going to take my headphones off and come around. Yes. Realtor Kyle Jansik said there's a lot of interest in the single family home despite the ornamentation. We've got multiple offers up, which is the stuff of nightmares for cool 
which I'm assuming is those people who don't like clowns. It was good to sell above the asking price despite all its publicity, but we're now, maybe now we're getting some extra out-of-town buyers coming in. He noted the old couple elderly couple who'd lived in the home for over 30 years has been overwhelmed by the media attention asked whether the clowns might have spooked some prospective house hunters mr jancic said for sure yeah now for having sure, having yeah. seen the photographs you've just shown me there's only there's only two reasons why anybody would buy this house one they're a psychopath who's going to lock somebody in it or it's going to be used for a black mirror episode at some point later in the future with somebody trapped in a clown filled house it, it looks like it should be in twin peaks it's the set. It's the set of the new um, Killer Clown Smart Space movie. <laughs> it's creepy. Yes. It's slightly horrific, and it's like you'd think eh, you can, you could take the clowns. It's fine. Yeah. I don't want them. I think it's the row of clowns above the seating, which is just a little bit extra scary. Uh, apparently, the estate had a conversation with the sellers, and they just said we'd like to leave them in the photos. And I said, okay, people should just be themselves. You know what? For some people, it isn't for others. All we can do is just be ourselves, and the rest takes care of itself. He's a man of few words. He's a yes. estate agent, isn't he? Well, why fill a 748-square-foot two-bedroom Canadian home with clowns? Vice spoke with Michelle McManus, son of the homeowners, who explained they'd began buying all things clown in a successful attempt to curb his stepdaughter's taste for beer. Okay. This is taking a turn for the weird. My stepdad had a drinking issue as perceived by my mother. Every clown represented a bottle of beer that he would have bought. It is estimated over the years the couple collected about 1,500 clowns, which would then be stored in the crawl space of his home when they move. Fifteen hundred beers doesn't sound like that many. Over how how many years? Thirty years. Yeah, it doesn't sound like a lot. Maybe she was a temperance movement kind of person. Also, as well, where do you find all of this crown crown clown memorabilia? (laughs) All all I I can imagine is like her on Amazon. It's like I'm ordering another clown. You put that (laughs) put that bottle back. I'm ordering another clown. Specially commissioned clowns. Because they all look different. No, they're, they're all very distinctly individual items. Yes. It's not like she's bulk bought a bunch of clowns. <laughs> just like whips a clown out on demand. Uh, uh, there's a clown. <laughs> I mean, you know, they've got the bloke, the bloke, uh, he's obviously missed a trick not finding some kind of clown shaped hip flask. That can, yeah. What somebody needed to do was invent a clown shaped bottled beer, and then he could have had his clown and his beer. Nice. That would have been idea. the way to, to sidestep that thing. Yeah. Come on then, get your new story out. I've got some genuine weird news. So cast your minds back about a year or so ago. We were having a conversation about Adam Sandler, Egghead. And I was like, well, I love his films. He's great. And we were discussing his upcoming slate of films. And I remember mentioning a film called like Yin Dan Something. He had a really weird title. Film has been renamed. It's called The Meyer Witch Stories. Directed by Noah Bumbach, who's a friend of Wes Anderson's. This headline here, Adam Sandler is actually getting Oscar buzz at Cannes. He had a standing ovation, apparently. I think that was more probably because the film had ended and people were relieved. Was I was <laughs> I right there? Egghead getting an Oscar 2018. If Donald Trump can be president, then Adam Sandler can win an Oscar. Well, I, think, I think getting a round of applause at Cannes to winning an Oscar a few months later are very, very different <laughs> things. Yes, I mean... Punch Drunk Love, I admit, was a very good film. And that was because Adam Sandler didn't write or direct it. So maybe he's a fairly decent actor when he's not in front of the director's chair. Give an egghead a chance. He could turn it around. And then, then, Kevin James 2019, (laughs) Paul Blart Moore Cop 3, Oscar winner. 
I watched half an episode of Kevin Can Wait. My God, that is the most terrible dross over ever Mate, seen. Honestly, like that is not where Kevin James shines. It is like the Paul Blart films. Paul Blart Morkoff is a genius piece of comedy. It's a fat man falling over. There is no greater comedy than a fat man falling over. If even me or you were to fall over right now, Ryan, Keith would find it funny. <laughs> Keith would find it funny for everybody, anybody falling over. Falling over is just a natural position for anybody to find. I, I find it funny when I fall over myself, and that happens more <laughs> often than I'd care to admit. So yeah, I think I think Adam Sandler, Oscar winner next year. I'm behind this campaign. I'm in for it. What other great films have been out recently? Well, I mean, they're going to. I mean, Christopher Nolan's going after his Oscar. Oh, for Dunkirk. Dunkirk. It might be Harry Styles. It might be Harry Styles wins the Best Actor for Best Sporting Actor. <laughs> see, I'd like to see. I'd like to see Keanu Reeves win, win for John Wick. He ain't going to win because that's he was super cool in that movie. Well, it's, it's an awesome movie, so therefore it can't win. And it's got guns in it, so the Oscars don't like those. True. Unless they're guns shown. Unless, to uh, unless yeah. of course, when Dunkirk wins 17 movies and it's kind of it'll, slightly it'll riddled with them. It'll do exactly what The Hobbit and Lord of the Rings will do. It'll win all the special effects features and then probably win yeah. nothing for the actual film. Yes, because Egghead will win Best Actor and Best Actress. And Best Symbol and Actor and Actress. What was that terrible cross-dressing movie? Jack and Jill. <laughs> yeah. I, he might, will he get a nomination? The thing is, is that his film's going to be out too early. To really keep an Oscar buzz going, um, but so it's I think egghead. It's, kind of blind of, um, it's egghead. It's still beyond Netflix over here in this country. Is it? Is it part of his Netflix deal? I think it's a Netflix film. Oh, that'd be cool. Yeah, because there's controversy about that, wasn't there? And the whole didn't yeah. Will Smith have an argument with somebody? Who was it? It was a director. Will Smith and a, and a director were arguing whether Netflix should be allowed at Cannes. No, because, because it wasn't a film release. Yeah, I I'd seen this story, and um, I I'm a cinephile. I like I like my films. Um, there must be some kind of thing in in the um, Oscar uh, rules that the film needs to have a theatrical release of some description, which I think is perhaps where Netflix needs to go. Now yeah. I know this week Netflix released a film with Brad Pitt called War Machine, mm-hmm. which looks great and i think netflix is is becoming a studio to reckon with and i think uh the other studio that i'm i'm really into at the moment is a24 have you seen any of the a24 films nope. they did moonlight they did swiss army man oh that weird daniel radcliffe one yeah which is a good good movie and they've got a ghost story coming out this year and they've also got uh, it Comes at Night, which is another horror movie. Um, oh, I've heard about this. And th- yeah. these are great looking films. And I think um, these smaller studios are are where very interesting things are happening. And although Netflix is huge globally, yeah, they're taking some risks with their content. And I think for cinema or films in general, the idea of people taking a punt on something because financially it's not as much of a danger. I'd rather see that than somebody pumping out a £200 million uh, overblown piece of um, trash that they're expecting to make loads of money back. I mean, what have we had recently? Um, the King Arthur movie oh. um, that Warner Brothers has put out, which has taken a Guy planning. Ritchie doing King Arthur was never going to be a good idea. Yeah. Just stick to Snatch. It's a, du- it's a, dubious, <laughs> it's a dubious match. Yeah. I didn't realise that outside when I said it. It's a dubious match, but if your big studios are pumping out that kind of stuff, it, I'm, quite ha- I'm quite happy for Netflix to be going, you know... 
we are yeah. putting money and giving money to creators to make the films they want to make. It was Will Smith and Pedro Almodovar. <laughs> I can never get his name right. Pedro Almodovar. Will, Will Smith is yeah. pulling the same facial expression for like this is in his picture from <laughs> so earlier in that picture. Is Will Smith is in or is going to be in a Pedro Almodovar movie? No, basically um, Pedro Almodovar and was arguing about how Netflix shouldn't really be in, even though he's like president of the jury this year. Yeah. And then Will Smith was saying, well, no, give it a chance. Basically, I agree with Will Smith on this. Give them a chance. I, yeah, I def- I, I'm definitely on, on the side of it. I mean, you know, Netflix is a business, um, but if they're happy to give directors and producers cash to make films that they want to make yeah. and distribute them to a big audience, yeah. then I'm, I'm all for that. I'd rather see... There's probably more people watching Netflix now than going to the cinema. Well, you look at you look at the content that's on Netflix. Yeah. I don't think we'd have got things like uh, the um, the guy out Orange of, is the New Black. Orange is the New Black. I mean, Orphan Black has been yeah. rescued by um, that. What's the one Phil was talking about the other day? Um, the guy out of Parks and Rec who has gone oh, Master of None. Master of None. I mean, which apparently is supposed to be an amazing thing to watch. Yeah, and there's there's, there's like F is for Family. There's lots of animated shows on there as well. BoJack Horseman uh, and and stuff like that. Yeah, I think Netflix is 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 good when it when it does stuff that you wouldn't get any other way. Well, any other look way. at the Marvel stuff that they did. Would you see that on any other channel? Yeah. At that short run, we we'll look at Kimmy Schmidt. Network Network rejected it. They picked it up. It's on its third season now. A yeah. show which would have probably been cancelled after three episodes uh, if it had been on NBC because it was, it's obscure and it was hard to get into at first. Yeah, but it would, I think would have been cancelled. TVs and TV, both both TVs and films are expensive business. It's not cheap and it's not easy to to make films and television shows. So I think the the more studios we've got taking risks and putting stuff out there, the better the better it is for film, the better it is for for audiences. Um, because if we get the chance to see something like, you know, Moonlight or uh, a, a Ghost Story or whatever it is, um, over and above, you know, the fourteenth in the Fast and Furious franchise, mm. that's making a billion dollars. That's that's fine. But I I like variety. I do like to see films that have some kind of impact. So I'm all for Netflix being part of the whole. Oscar can't see. Weird food. Alright, so I've been to our lovely friends at the polo shop around the corner and I spied these in the corner of the crisp rail. He didn't you smell them out. Oh, how can I smell them with a packet seal? Oh, mate, you, you just did. <laughs> these were under the till and I was like, ooh, those would be good for weird food. They are Lorenz brand, Snack World, Crunchips, Kebab Z Sabulka Excut. And on the English label translation on the back. Stop crunching that down the mic, man. <laughs> They're Jeez. Riffled potato crisp with kebab and onion flavour. Oh, there's onion in there. Yes. Ready for an open? I love how they say they're riffled, not ruffled as well. It must be a trademark. Riffled for your pleasure. <laughs> I knew we'd go there. Oh, mate, they <laughs> smell like. Oh. Okay, let's get this. Get this it, yeah. They smell like a sket. <laughs> they smell like Mr. Egg at three a.m. I'm gonna, I'm gonna reach in. <laughs> uh, hey, have I'm a good, have a good reach around. I'm gonna have a good, a, a good ruffle around. Ruffle around. Okay, let's see if I can make, make make this sound really good. What do we think? They're all right, actually. 
of, of the weird foods you've fed us in the past. They remind me of Brannigan's steak and onion. Yeah, I would eat those with a fizzy drink. Yeah. Maybe a cheese sandwich. Yeah, not too bad, actually, Ryan, to be fair. Does it nice. get like Ryan. a kebabby taste at the end of it? There's a, there's a meaty tang. Yeah. Apparently it's chicken chicken kebabby flavour. Is it actually um, Is it actually also suitable for vegetarians? Is it safe? I got, my Polish is a bit poor. Um, there's no preservatives. It's down the bottom. There's an English translation. No, I don't, <coughs> think, I don't think it says suitable for vegetarians anymore. Right? I actually really like it. Never right. This feature is dying a death. I'm telling you, this feature is dying a death. I think what puts you off is the horrible picture of the kebab meat on the front. Yeah, you got a proper chip chop kebab. You can't local. say that it's weird food if you're actually enjoying it, though. So I think, honestly, this feature is past its time. It's got a giant kebab rotating on the front of the packet. I mean, that's, it not, should that's taste not, awful. not a good sight to anybody, really. Oh, we're joined by our latest studio assistant from the A-list show. Jump in. We're, we're trying right. kebab flavoured we, we, we don't know your name. You need to tell us <laughs> your Callum. name. Callum. Callum. Hi, Callum. Yeah. Welcome, Callum. I've eaten right. three of these crisps now. What flavour are they? They are kebab flavoured crisps. I have just brushed my teeth. This is probably going to be horrible. <laughs> yeah, whoever you speak to next, you're going to have like, an ass-smelling mouth. <laughs> <laughs> they don't taste of anything. They just taste bland. Yeah. yeah. I, you going. know what it tastes like? Crisps bit that have been sprinkled with bovril or oval. <laughs> <laughs> Not oval. What's the no. oxo? Oh, no, it's it's, like, it's it's discount brand meaty multi packs of crisps. Yeah. It's like um like beef and onion, but like a less flavorful version of that. And I think three is quite sufficient. I've I've eaten mm. three of the crisps now, and I thought, yeah, that's enough. <laughs> it's <laughs> I don't it's, want it's like more. a crap McCoy's. <laughs> of all the foods you normally bring me, these are the worst so far. Yeah, I, mean, <laughs> I don't know, right? These are to bed some of the the crappy thought though. I mean, these are all. I just think yeah. too many because I'm going for a Nando's in a bit. I think if you're the kind of person who prefers salt, n- not salt and vinegar, cheese and onion crisps over salt and vinegar, you weirdos. But anybody yeah. who chooses first of all to eat cheese and onion crisps over any other flavour, you're mad. They're horrible, oh, and they're all. And salt you know and why they're horrible? Because whenever you go into a shop to go for salt and vinegar crisps, there's never any. But there's always thousands of packets of cheese and onion because nobody really likes them. They are li- no, they are literally horrible. Like, have you ever spoken to somebody who's eating at pickled onion crisps afterwards? They breathe on you. It's kind of like, yeah, thanks. You just melted my face. Yeah. There should only be two flavors I'm of sorry. crisps. Why do people still stop ready salted crisps? Yeah, they are so boring. But sometimes you don't need Why any do extra. Why pick ready salted crisps though? It's like you have certain other flavors. It's like. Vanilla ice cream. It's stuff that shouldn't exist anymore. Mm. It was fine in the 60s and 70s when flavour wasn't allowed. Do you remember those crisps you used to get where you had that little like blue bag of salt and you'd shake it on it? Like, it wouldn't make any difference because you'd go straight to the bottom of the bag yeah. or just on one crisp. So you'd, like, you'd have like a heart attack crisp. And you'd be like, oh. When I was a child, that was how crisps came. <laughs> you'd have to go to the factory and get the salt yourself. Put, put the salt over the top of the top. You could just find like, with a little salt shaker with like, crisps coming out in like, this plain thing. A bag and you just, oh, some crisps. There was nothing like a summer's day with crisps like that and a bottle of dandelion and burdock off the back of the milkman's van. <laughs> <laughs> the um, days riding my riding my chopper. That's pretty much it for us this week. Keith, where can we find you online? Use your wonderful keyboard skills or IT skills that are always good to have in this day and age. Uh, you can tap in the letters uh, H-A-R-D-L-U-C-K underscore H-O-T-E-L. Can we and speed that bit up? <laughs> I'm going to like double the speed. <laughs> H-A-R-D-L-U-C-K underscore... Oh, 
budget. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the return of Mr. Tim's. Yeah. <laughs> Just look for the Count Docula episode that's called Hard Luck Hotel and then don't watch the hard... The, um, oh, I spit on that. Um, <laughs> uh, don't spray it. <laughs> and um, it's those crisps. They're all stuck between my teeth now. It's horrible. Um, and um, yeah, watch the, watch the Count Docula episode but then kind of find my photography and ramblings and um, various comments about public transport. Guy, where can we find you? I'm not saying it. You, I'm going to force Guy you. Guydiscoversmusic.wordpress.com Next week, we're going to force him to say it himself. Why? Because it's your blog, not ours. Have you written anything recently? Guy? I haven't written anything recently. I'll be too busy, you know. What music do you, do you discover? See that picture up on the wall there of <laughs> yeah. some guy who looks like he's about to axe murder his entire family. Yeah. That's the kind of music. Yeah, he I discovered that. Guy discovers seven inches on a regular basis. <laughs> <laughs> not in this heat, he's not. Callum, where can we find you online if you, you want to do it? You can find me on Twitter at k a w l e n d a y n e s, or you can find me at Callum Danes Audio at WordPress.com. I feel like we're all in the Mickey Mouse Club now. Or we can, um, we've got to do it all in single letters. M I C K E Y M O U S E Mickey Mouse. And don't forget to listen to the A list from Two Till Three and to Rough and Tougher with Johnny Greaves from Three Till Five. Yeah, good call. Thank you. You can find me <laughs> being ridden around a pound shop like a horse, <laughs> licking people's feet. Find me online at ryanparish.com. Here's my personal Twitter. My sorry, your personal Twitter is ryanparish.com. No, at Ryan Parish, sorry. <laughs> I, ha- I might have a website. Come on to the end of his name now. I'm super. Oh, <laughs> yeah. the world. Yes, at Ryan Parish. You can find my food blog at Brummy Gourmand, which I'm nominated for a Women's uh, Food Drink and Hospitality Award. Sad. Don't forget to don't vote. Don't forget what to vote. nominated for? Shortlisted for Best Food and Drink Blogger of the Region. Ooh, so go vote. Yes. I'd vote for you. Thank you. And you can find us all at Geeky Brummy on Twitter, Facebook, various other social media sites around the world. Drop in, have a chat, give us a shout out on Twitter. Have a, have a cup of tea, Ryan will make it, have a scone, yes. and uh, Keith, lick, lick Keith some feet. The, yeah. Thanks very much for joining us. Bye, everybody. But, but, bye. B-Y-E. B-Y-E. Bye. Bye. Afternoon. Afters, good afters to you all. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. <laughs> See you. Want to win to be here?